Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning, the one who, who wants to encourage us and build the church, strengthen it, grow it, and he does that in numerous ways, spiritually and numerically. And so we're glad to have a membership item here this morning. Uh, about a month ago, I received a letter that approved uh, Sister Lisa Wagler to, uh, to this congregation from the Union Valley Mennonite uh, congregation there in Pennsylvania. And I think it's been duly announced that uh, she's planning to join the, the congregation. It, it's always good when people look around, and we know they do some shopping, as we would say, checking around and see what church they like, and they settle on our church. That, that, that's always good. And, you know, it's a blessing to, to know that they, they feel like that their spiritual journey can be enhanced because they're joining us. And that's a real blessing, and that's, that's the way we want it to be. So I've asked to, uh, uh, Sister Lisa to give her testimony to the congregation this morning. I'll let her do that at this time. Now, we do it more than just by standing. You can also do it by action and words, okay? Because that's a real blessing when, when people want to join the church. And, and God wants to use our gifts uh, that he has given us to, uh, to be used in his kingdom in that way. And, that, and that's a tremendous blessing. So God bless you. And we look forward to a closer walk with you and to encourage you. And you can encourage us on our spiritual pilgrimage. God bless you, Sister Lisa. I also was encouraged by the singing, uh, the song there that Brother Daniel led us in. Um, quite a concentrate, concentration, uh, commitment, sacrifice we sang. You know, I had to think, and I'm sure you thought about it too. Because uh, a lot of times we sing, and, and, and sometimes we don't really think what all we're singing. I'm not saying you were there. Because we, we, we sang something like this. Take my silver and, a gold, and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Now, I don't know how you define might, but that gets pretty close home. And uh, take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease this praise. Uh, I've heard the deacon say before when, when there's endeavors that cost uh, a fair bit of money, that it's no problem. The money's not the problem. It's that we're still just setting on it. I don't know if you, that means, I mean, that means your back pocket is, is where it's at. But I thought, y'all have done well. You, you read that CDS, you know, here, they got an offering bigger than we need. And, and, and the uh, budget's pretty big, actually, in my opinion. And yet y'all have done better than that. But, you know, truly, if not a might we withhold, we really shouldn't need to struggle a lot for money uh, in general. Uh, but I commend you while I say that. Also it goes on to say, take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. I hope that's what God says about all of us. That, you know, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of my Father. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a blessed walk. But it's blessed because it's God-approved. You know, um, in my heart, it shall be thy own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. 
Then we sang, Lord, I give my life to thee, thine evermore to be. Lord, I give my life to thee. Wow, what a beautiful commitment. It touches everything of life. And what a blessing that we can be that way. I'm glad that the Lord designed the Christian walk <clears throat> to be in such a way that it blesses him and we can enjoy it. You know, uh, some people look and act like it isn't very enjoyable, but I think they're missing the good things of Jesus when we do that. And I do know we have our ups and downs sometimes, and it's, it's a little challenging sometimes to uh, radiate of the presence and joy of Jesus when you feel like you're having a bad day. But I've heard it said and totally agree, a bad day with Jesus is better than a good day with the devil. And I totally believe that. A bad, you know, I don't know how you define a bad day with Jesus, but you know, I mean, you have financial setbacks. Is that a bad day or is that just a restructuring of our priorities? You know, what, what is a bad day, okay? And so you slip and fall and you bust something up and that happens more as you get older and, and you, you get to take it easy and think about the Lord more. I mean, is that a bad day? Well, anyhow, it takes a good bit of way of our complaining out. I like to think about the goodness of Jesus. He's been so good to us. You know, he really has. You know, you, we sat here in comfort this morning, and there's a lot of people who wish they could worship Jesus in comfort. They wish they could. You know, and yet, yet we do that, and then yet, you know, when everything don't go quite right, the devil tempts us to complain. And Jesus gives, and God gives us so many helps to be what we need to be, and I'm just blessed by that. And I'd like to look at one of them this morning. Acts 24, verse 14 to 16. Acts 24, verse 14 to 16. <clears throat> Acts 24, cutting in verse 14. And this I confess unto them that after the way, now this is uh, Paul before Felix, uh, after the way, uh, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things that are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Therein do I exercise myself to have always a good conscience, void of offense toward God and toward men. So Paul was saying, and you know, I tell you, this, he was before our, a governmental leader, and he was giving his testimony. Now, you know, when we ask for testimonies, you know, I have noticed we're not always too overflowing to give that. But Paul didn't spare his, uh, he, didn't, he didn't neglect his chances. You know, and he, he wanted to speak to people. He wanted to speak before the governor. You know, I guess you relish your chance to speak before the governor. Well, that'd be a challenging thought, but he did. And uh, he had something to say. He said, I want to tell you, I am, I follow the way. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and they, numerous times in Acts, said it's called the way. And us Christians, we're on the way, the Jesus way. And, and that's a wonderful privilege he had. Uh, and, and I know they didn't, they called it heresy. And some people don't understand the way of God, but we want to live that way. And then he made a comment. <clears throat> he said something in verse 16. That is, that is a blessing from God and radically important for our lives. He said, I exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense toward God and man. What, what a tremendous testimony to say 
He said, I am, I am living in an open way. And I am accountable to God and to man in such a way. And I am willing to be humble, confess whatever, because I am living with a, a, a clear conscience before God and man. And that's a beautiful statement. And uh, I had to think of that in relationship to council meeting. I heard years ago, and I hope this is not true, but I heard said there is plenty of lying going on when they answer the council card. Now, I hope this is not true, I say, because they say, but we'll look at this a little bit more, because uh, they say, you know, we, we answer these things, and we don't answer them glibly. We don't answer these questions glibly, because these are uh, very serious questions. They're very fundamental and basic to our Christian walk, and it's good. I think it's very good for us to answer their questions on the council card twice a year because it, it, it helps us, reminds us of where we're at. It reminds us of, am I living in peace with God and, and how important that is. So you might ask the question, you know, <clears throat> what is my conscience? You know, do you have one? Does it work? Well, I've, the definition by man is, of a conscience is the God-given facility within every man that discerns right and wrong and encourages you to do right. And I, that's just man's description. And I think it's kind of right. You know, I've had noticed there's certain things you know better than, you know, you really just don't, you don't walk into Walmart and just grab things off the shelf and walk out the door. It's called shoplifting or stealing, whatever one you do. And, you know, you probably didn't have to be trained that. I hope not. You know, uh, you know, well, sometimes I wonder about children, but anyhow, uh, they like to take things. But you know, shoplift. You know why? You know why people when they shoplift, they put it and they stick it in their pocket or hide it in their purse. You know, you know why? Because they know it's wrong. They know if they get caught, they're in trouble. They know it's wrong. And you know, you're waiting in line at some place or for food or for whatever, and life or something. You know, you just don't just walk to the front line, but in front of ten. ten 10 or 20 people, you know, that just isn't right. You know, you notice that you just, you wouldn't do that. It's your conscience working. You know, be decent for a change. You know, be, I mean, not for, be decent, stay decent. <laughs> you know, you don't do certain things. And uh, so a clear conscience is what God wants for all of his children. I think it's a real blessing from God. I, it's a privilege that we have that we can choose right and we don't have to do what's wrong. And uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks about this a little bit more. I'm going to look at a few of these references just to give us uh, a broader spectrum of what he's talking about here. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12, speaks of this. And it said, <clears throat> I'll read this New King James. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. And here he was saying uh, that his conscience was important to him. He conducted himself that uh, openly, testimony of his conscience, that he walked in holiness and sincerity and, and openness here before, the, before mankind and t toward uh, the church. God, uh, he was declaring that the testimony of his conscience was open and honest before God and man. 
He wasn't going to worry about fleshly wisdom, but he was worried about doing it in, in a clear conscience toward God. And it's very important. You know, if we make our decisions uh, based uh, this way continually, you would make no mistakes. If your conscience is trained by the word, and we'll get into that because I said, I've heard it said years ago, uh, and I don't hear this much anymore, and maybe I'm not sure why. Let your conscience be your guide. Would you dare risk that? I hope so. Because if you're, if you're reading the Bible, and, you can, and the Bible plainly says what is right and wrong. It plainly says what's right and wrong. You can let your conscience be your guide. Isn't it beautiful? That's wonderful. You know, because then we can, we can look and, and say, well, look. I, I, I want to be open. I'm, before, I'm open before God and before the brotherhood. And I don't want to look for excuses. You know, I've, uh, you talk to people and I've heard people uh, say, well, everybody's doing it. That doesn't make a difference if it's wrong or still wrong, correct? Or, uh, well, you know, the setting. The setting, I mean, you know, uh, there was a lot of peer pressure. That's generally the case. We understand that. Uh, but it, if... If God, if you know that it's wrong, then it's still wrong. And praise God, he gives you the courage to stand and do what's right. A, a clear conscience before God is critical for healthy spiritual uh, growth. You cannot grow spiritually with a con violating a biblically trained conscience. Just mark that down. And, uh, and, but it's very true. And I praise God. It's a gift. Because then, okay, praise God that uh, the Holy Spirit works within our lives. And I think the conscience and the Holy Spirit dovetail a lot. And the Spirit says, look, you should not do that. Or you did something was wrong. Of course, your conscience. Does conscience prick us? Sure, it does prick us, you know. Or whatever you want to call it when it speaks to you. And says, you know, that wasn't the best thing to do. Or, you know, that was really kind of a cruddy excuse, you know. Well, oh, you know, ah, so-and-so does that. And they're a spiritual person. Did you ever think about that wrong is still wrong? <laughs> uh, some people do some things that I couldn't do. And there's probably, you can think of good spiritual, uh, in quotes, people. Because they might be trained different. You know, we're, we're not sure we're that on a spiritual walk. One thing I do know, that excuses before God to do what is wrong is never right. Excuses before God to do what is wrong is never right. And I need to remember that because the devil gives me excuses to do what is wrong. And I, I don't want to be that way. See, we want to have a clear conscience before God. Now, going back just a couple more chapters in uh, First uh, Corinthians. Uh, chapter 4, verse 2. Now, we're in, I'm sorry, we're in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. Yes, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. And it said, if we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, let me read New King James. And we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And that's so beautiful. There it says, okay, I've heard people say, well, I, you know, I'm living right with God. Well, I praise God. If you're living right with God, you'll be living right with godly people, your brotherhood, okay? Because it's amazing. 
It's sad. I'll say it another way. What people can do and say they're right with God. I don't know how they can do certain things because it violates the word of God. It's not right. And we need, and I praise God, we can go by the word of God. But he said, so he's sitting there saying, look, okay, and I hear people say, and sometimes it's kind of glibly, but I hope not glibly, you know, uh, if you see anything in my life, let me know. You know, I, want, I like the brotherly address. And you won't say that much anymore. I'm not sure why, because we should really say that. We should be saying, if you see anything in my life that is not pleasing to God or God honoring, please talk to me. I think that's a good thing to say. I used to hear that when people give testimonies at council meeting. They would say, I want the brother, I want to do that. I don't hear that much anymore. Well, I think it's a good thing to do because you can help me do what's right. And that's what Paul said. Paul said here, look, I don't want to be walking in dishonesty. I'm not going to. Be a, you know, I'm not going to be showing up at church on Sunday morning and acting pious and then act otherwise on Monday. Okay? That's deceitful. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say I'm walking with the Lord and then only time I walk with him is on Saturday night when I study my Sunday school lesson and Sunday when I go to church. He says, I'm not going to do that. That's walking. He says, I'm not going to do that. I am a 24-7 Christian. And that's where it is today. See, that's how we maintain a clear conscience. When we walk with the Lord day in and day, I said, I don't want to be deceitfully, uh, deceitful, walking in uh, dishonesty. And, well, you know, you think, well, you know, I look pretty good on Sunday morning. Well, not before God, because it, it, you won't have a clear conscience before God. You know, talk is cheap sometimes. But, you know, deceitfulness, we try to cover up things. And we think we're deceiving. A lot of times, we're never deceiving God, number one. And actually, we don't deceive men, but so well. Uh, you can for a while, but lack of spiritual zeal shows before long. And, when, and people don't know what, but they know something is going on. And I praise God we can have a clear conscience. He said, I, you know, I want the, uh, my conscience to be in, every, in the sight of every man, a conscience. You know, I'm open to the brotherly address, and I want to live open before God and man. What a tremendous testimony he had. You know, there's a beautiful life we can live there. And another one also re refers to the conscience of Paul, where he wrote a lot of the uh, Pauline epistles. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. As 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2, where it says, Now the Spirit is expressly says that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hard iron and nobody would want that uh, in the, really but yet it's saying when, when your conscience speaks to you and says now look there's a choice here and you, you I don't believe this is right I, you know I, I know this might not be right. You know, I'm trying to put it the way maybe it was. I think it says things a lot clearer than this, but a lot of times we fudge it down. Uh, you know, I think this wouldn't probably be the best. But when we know there's a better way. If you ever read that out, you know there's a better way. But you don't want to do it as sacrificing. You know, you might have to give more than you want to give. You know, you might have to change and you might look like an oddball. And you might even look zealous for the Lord. And, uh, 
You know, all these strange things that can happen that God would be glorified in. You know, but we don't think about that. Oh, this is such a painful sacrifice and all this and that. And he said, no, look, uh, he's, he's totally different there. He said, you know, I don't want my conscience seared. Now, uh, I still help out on the farm some, and I heard out west they brand cows. We don't brand them. We dehorn them. And when you dehorn them, we do with a hot iron. We sear around their horns. And you know what? Their horns don't grow. You know why? Their skin is dead. After we sear them for about 10 seconds with that thing, their skin is dead. And all the blood vessels below it is dead. And their nerves are dead. You know, they're just not. That's, that realm there is pretty dead, actually. And we wouldn't want that. You know, I understand seared means to render unsensitive. Now, no Christian would want their conscience to be unsensitive. Not by design, but it could happen. Now, I heard years ago, the conscience is, and you probably heard this too, but we're thinking about it. It's kind of like a triangle. Okay, here's a chalkboard. I'm gonna do it. Here's a triangle. It has nice sharp corners. And every time you do something... And the conscience is saying, don't do it, or you should do this, and you do something else. It's turning, and you, mm, you can feel it. You can feel that nudge. And you know, when you decide against it, that corner, that sharp corner, gets nubbed off a little bit, rounded off just a little bit. And so all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, gradually, let's just say you was a hypocrite and you said you was giving you kind of like Ananias and Sapphira you was giving all and you wasn't you know we sang that this morning you know but don't get too close home here but let's just anyhow you, you you sang things we say things and we say and then but you know you're really holding something back and it, this is all far too easy to do and your conscience is pricking you Holy Spirit works with your conscience it's a good thing it's a treat you know but you're not feeling that way because my, you need something else a lot more important, and that would take a lot of your money. I, you know, and I, it wouldn't well. And so we use our excuses, and then the next time they do it, where you, it's a little easier not to give it all, isn't it? It's a little easier to cover up, isn't it? Yeah. See, that little sharp corner is getting less sharp, and it's getting less sharp. And then after, and after a while, next you know, you. A little bit of hypocrisy or lukewarmness is getting more and more. And, and you do it again, and it's getting less. And next thing you know, the conscience is turning and just spinning. You don't feel a thing. You don't feel a thing. I've talked to people that should have. You talk to them about something that you, you would say in your heart. They should have known better. <laughs> it's plain here. It's plain in the rules and this and whatever. It's plain and they should have known about it and they say, hmm, you know, I never thought of that or I don't seem to mind. I want to tell you, friends, the conscience has become like a round ball. Because our conscience is a gift from God in your life and mine to help us discern right and wrong and to help us do right. That's what it's for. And it's a real blessing. I thank God that even though at times... I think all of us 
could honestly probably say we win against better knowledge. You've heard that? That's going against your conscience. That's going against the Holy Spirit. You can, there's, a, there's a number of things that go in this sphere. And, and you say, and you haven't done, always made the wisest choices. I know I can say that. And your conscience is getting a little bit seared. I thank God that we can repent and change our ways and come back and have a good, sensitive conscience. Amen? It is priceless. It is a priceless gift of God to have a good, sensitive conscience. One that cares about doing right and doesn't want to do what's wrong. And when you have those choices, it pricks you and leads you the right way. And you can thank God for that. What if you had the choices, here's wrong and here's right, and you had to sit there and figure it out yourself? Well, you know, we're old carnal man. We'd think, you, God help us. Well, where would it come out? But we have an inner help, our conscience, when we read the word of God and we, and we keep sensitive to the word of God. We keep sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We keep sensitive to our conscience. We can live a consistent lifestyle and walk that is pleasing to God and is obedient to his word. And that's a real blessing. That's a real blessing. What a tremendous blessing we have in doing that. We don't want to have a conscience, a seared conscience but it's easy to get it's easy to get and the devil is pleased when our conscience becomes seared so I'm glad that we don't need to live that way well what, what a terrible thing scripture says plainly Romans uh, 14 12 so shall every one of us give an account to himself to God and I tell you I think we we know that we're going to give account to God on everything. It makes a world of difference. But you know what? We don't like what certain people say and think and do. And it affects how we live. Romans 13 verses 1 to 7 speaks of this also. I know some people that when they go fishing, they go and they catch as many trout as they want. And they know right well the krill limit for trout where we live in the same state that you live in is six a day, okay? And it didn't matter that you're not going tomorrow. And so you, go, you cannot catch tomorrow's quota today. That is not lawful, okay? They don't care. You know what? They have a seared conscience. They have a seared conscience. Romans 13 speaks to this. Where it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist shall bring judgment on themselves. The four rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise of the same. For he is the God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is, a, he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on, on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only for wrath, but for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. 
And they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So it's very plain. He says, okay, they come out there. And I've, and, and every time, Jenny, you're going down the road, and a person has a sensitive conscience cannot cannot drive 70 in a 55-mile-an-hour speed zone. Is that correct? Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm preaching just facts, okay? Because it says here you don't do it because, oh, man, I'm so glad I didn't see a police. Well, if you're so glad you see, didn't see a police, it says here you don't do what's right just because you might get a ticket and look bad. You do it for... Conscience sake. Now I tell you, friends, what happens is for some people, and may I add, this is a temptation for me. I mean, you know, uh, if you like to get there on good time and fast, you're not the first one that was that way, okay? And you're not the last. But we to maintain a clear conscience, we must obey the laws of the land. Okay? Okay? And so you go hunting and out comes a several deer. And you know, you know you're not gonna be able to hunt for a week or two, so you know you just take two or three or how many ever to get well, I around people. They live off the land. They live off the land. Well let me tell you, friends, if you lost your conscience, remember there's gonna be a judgment for those that disobey God's authority. If you if you lost your conscience, God help us. And I, I don't think I'm talking to a group, but I, I tell you, I've told more than one neighbor about this because we have plenty of people that live off the land where I live and do what they want to however they want to and whenever they want to. We got to do what's right for conscience sake. God will bless every saint when they do what is right to live openly and honestly and pleasing to God, number one. Number one, that's their number one reason. The second might be because there is a payback on this side. You know what I mean? If you do something, if you get caught with too many, they charge you a good bit per, per fish, I've been told, if you get too many. But that's secondary. That's secondary. If that is primary, something has went wrong with our conscience. That should be primary, actually. And so... Um, we need to be careful about these things because we need to have a clear conscience before God. And we don't want to sear it at all. We answer some questions here today. I mean, in the near future. And, in one, and the first one is we have peace with, do you have peace with God? <clears throat> that, is, that is a treasure and a treat from God. But you cannot have a seared conscience and have peace with God. You cannot be doing your own will and have peace with God. You cannot be, if we also have, and just given out recently, a questionnaire survey on your internet usage. You cannot be doing what's wrong on the internet and have peace with God. I want to tell you, they go together. We cannot be wasting time on things on the internet and connecting God and have peace with God. We cannot be looking at essential things and impurity and feeding the lust of our mind and have peace with God. See, I tell you, friends, 
sometimes we're tempted to think it's okay, but it's not okay. It's not okay with God. And it's not okay with our conscience, if it's a well-trained conscience. So we take it very seriously to answer about that, do I have peace with God? It's a treasure that you can have if you're willing to be open. I want to tell you, friends, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't have peace with God, you can get it by forgiveness of sins, by the blood of Jesus. And I tell you, friends, we do not, we do not do God a favor, ourselves a favor, the church a favor. We do everything the wrong way when we say we're peace with God, and we don't. Covering up is the devil's trick. Don't walk that pathway. It'll sear your conscience, and it'll damn you in the end. And we want to, we want to be very serious about this. Having peace with God is a blessing, and he wants us all to have it. But we got to have a clear conscience before God. we got to be open and honest before him. And we do. We want to be that way. We want to be that way before God because there's no other, no other, no one is going to walk with God in eternity forever and ever without walking openly before him down here. And what a privilege. So we don't hide things. We don't cover up things. We say, God, what do you want me to do? What do I need to give up? We, you know, we said we're going, we're going to do it. We're going to do it your way. Do you have peace with your fellow Christians? That's, that, that can be challenging. But it's good to have peace with your fellow men. Don't say it glibly. Because it's easy to have a bad attitude. It's easy to hold, I don't want to say grudges because we wouldn't go that far. It's just easy to have ill feelings. Can I say what I've had to work with last year or two, okay? It's easy to do that. And I know that that's not pleasing to God. And I know that it will sear my conscience. Do you have peace with fellow a Christian, a fellow men as far as possible? And I hope we do, because we should do anything in our power to get along with our fellow men, even if they're hard to get along with. At least we're getting along with them, even if they don't get along with us. Do you desire communion? Uh, and that's a blessed privilege we have, because it's such a rich and meaningful experience when we're walking with God day by day to be able to commune with him with those emblems of Jesus' body, shed blood. That's such a... And then the last one, I think, is, that is pretty challenging. Are you willing to support the rules and discipline of Southeastern Mennonite Conference? That means you're doing, obeying them by the best of your ability. Saying you support and then disobeying is got to be searing your conscience. It's got to be. They have some recommendations in there. And they're not a test of membership, but they're a test of your surrender. They're a test of your willingness to sacrifice. They're a test of how much you want to keep you on the throne and how much you want Jesus on the throne. That's what it is. In fact, we're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be usable in an official way if you do not obey and do the recommendations. And they're good. They're good. And if you think, well, I don't like them all, who said we do? See, submission is always giving in to something you don't like or understand. That's submission. And see, the walk to heaven is a humble, submissive walk. You will not make it to heaven at doing it your way. You're going to do it God's way. And if you're godly people, you'll, you can submit to a brotherhood. It's a blessing. And I think, I, I praise God, even though I... I have my opinions on certain things too. But I've learned to 
the blessedness and peace of surrender. And I hope you have enjoyed that too. If you haven't, join me. Join me. You'll like it. It's, God will bless you for it. In other words, when you say that, don't take it tritely that I can pick and choose what I'm going to obey in the, in the standard. Don't pick and, you won't, can't pick and choose, friends. You're saying, I am going to support. And support means I'm going, I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean you're always cheerfully doing it, but you're going to do it out of heart, of knowledge that it's good for me. You know why? We had forefathers years ago that saw things fairly clearly. Now, we, the devil likes to muddy it up for us. You know, this is gray, and this is okay. And, and, you know, there's a lot of great, there's some great things that are okay. But our forefathers cared which way it was leading us. You might not, and I might not, but they did. And you can thank God that they did. Because that was wisdom. They had wisdom that I need. And I think we all need. And, you know, and so... I am just so glad they wrote it down, and I am so glad that we have the privilege to say, look, it don't have to be my way. We're going to work through collective wisdom. That's why this is called a brotherly agreement. This isn't the leadership standards. Our agreement, the statement of faith, is a brotherhood agreement. And when we joined it, you joined it voluntarily. Thank God. You said, I, I, I commit, I surrender. This is what I want. And so, it is your, our privilege to say, this is what I'm going to do. And God will bless you for it. Your leaders will be blessed by you doing that too. The church and the kingdom will be expanded. You know what? When people come in and they see a group of people loving the Lord and cheerfully submitting, it speaks volumes to the world. You know that? Bucking and resistance nothing new. Eve did that in the garden. And they've been doing it ever since. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be the, we, we want to cheerfully comply to the will of God and our brotherly agreements that we have agreed to do. So God bless you as you fill out this card. Take it very seriously. God does, and God's people do too. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love to us. We thank you how you've given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. We thank you for your word that we can read and be nurtured and strengthened. And we thank you that you've given us a conscience. And Lord, I thank you that we can keep that conscience sharp, well-trained by your word and sensitive when we follow you. Lord, may we never give in to searing our conscience or being dull to your spirit's leading. Lord, may we always be open to growth. May we want to always be honest. Lord, we thank you that you know our hearts. And that, Lord, that we can be totally surrendered. We can sing it, we can say it, and we can do it. Lord, bless each saint here this morning. Lord, I just pray that you will be with them. Help them to continue to love you and to grow in your likeness. And, to, and for us as a brotherhood, Lord, to, to be faithful in these perilous times that we live in, Lord. We thank you for the church body and how it's an encouragement to us. May we be open to your leading through your word and through our brotherhood to, be, to, be, to grow like you, Lord. Thank you that we had this opportunity to fellowship with you this morning. Thank you we can do that this afternoon, this evening, and tomorrow. 
Lord, bless us as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.